Hello and welcome into Outside the Huddle. It is a great week in the SEC. Basketball tournament is under full swing. College baseball is getting going. Um, it's not college football season, but in the SEC it kind of always is, so we may touch on that as well. Um, we have a packed episode tonight. We have a handful of guests. We have a panel of uh, so-called experts here to talk SEC tournaments. However, before that, we're going to talk about the two biggest pieces of news coming out this week. Um, as we record this now, this news is about 10 minutes old. The NCAA is breaking news with not letting fans of the tournament. We'll get on that. And the other big news of the week, who did Peter Pilot pick in The Bachelor? And Shay's going to give a full breakdown on that. Um, so if you don't care about The Bachelor, Shay will uh, try to go quick and explain things for you if you don't watch. Um, Shay, let's talk about the tournament real quick because this news just broke because we're recording here. Um, the NCAA, um, following a couple of conferences who announced this week that they're not going to allow fans, um, and even the Ivy League who canceled their tournaments. And it appears that the Ivy League is just canceling sports as a whole this semester. So I'm not sure if Yale, who is their uh, champion, is even going to be in the tournament um, or not. But uh, the Ivy League canceled their tournament. I know the MAC um, has banned fans for their tournament, a couple of others may be heading that direction as well. And the NCAA just announced for the uh, NCAA tournament, there will be no fans, potentially no media either. They're still determining that. Um, but it appears as if it's just going to be close uh, family members allowed in the stadiums. Uh, Shay, what are your initial thoughts on this breaking news? I mean, I get it because everybody's freaking out about the coronavirus. Um, I get that they want to be proactive and – they want to protect their athletes and they want to protect the public. Um, so, I mean, I definitely get it. I think it's going to be interesting to watch, um, especially because, like you were saying earlier, before we started recording, um, the national champion, there's going to be like 14 people cheering. And like everybody that's going to be watching it from TV is going to be like, oh, okay, cool. It'll be like, without the crowd noise, it'll be the most anticlimactic victory we've ever seen. Yeah, I, I really, I tweeted this out, but I really hope they like, filter in some sort of like crowd noise, either through the broadcast or through like the PA system in the stadium. Um, otherwise, it's going to be like a bunch of like squeaks and like you'll hear the players like calling things out, which is kind of weird. Um, right. Definitely to take out I, I know somebody tweeted that i saw they hope that the bands are allowed to play which that would you know i think if you allow the bands maybe you just put a microphone right by the band members that way you at least have some noise for the broadcast um and then you still get obviously the the fight songs and whatnot uh, but it's gonna be really awkward um and i know a lot of people have already been talking about the final four being in the, the mercedes-benz dome in atlanta um, how potentially moving that into a smaller venue just because it's going to be kind of pointless to have it in a, a giant football stadium um, with no fans in there. So we'll see if that happens. I, th I think they will, um, you know, potentially the Hawks stadium there in Atlanta or, you know, even Georgia Tech if they wanted to go that route. Um, but I think, you know, probably going to move it from a from a football stadium into something a little bit more compact there. Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, there's no sense in playing in a giant venue when nobody is coming to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't want to talk science or anything because I really don't know much. I've just kind of seen bits and pieces of the news. But um, it appears that this is going to be a growing trend for the time being until they 
can start to, I guess, control this virus that's out there. So uh, I know the the Warriors announced they're not going to have fans of their upcoming games. Um, a couple of other leagues potentially moving in that direction as well. It'll be interesting with baseball starting here um, in a couple of weeks, what they decide to do. Um, I'm not sure if being in an outside stadium helps prevent the spread or, or not, but I think it's, it's probably going to be irrelevant to that. But uh, we'll see how things go. It's definitely going to be an interesting tournament um, to watch here as it gets kicked off uh, a week from today and wash your hands people yeah don't be gross hand sanitizer doesn't do much for viruses but whatever floats your boat um or just stay at home like me just don't go anywhere don't eat anything don't do anything just stay at home lock yourself in be quarantined just get a couple tv set up It's, it's the perfect month for a quarantine though if you think about it sit at home I know a lot of companies are even like making people work from home if possible. So just sit at home, put two or three TVs up and just watch March Madness. Um, you know, maybe go on YouTube and find a, a 10 hour, you know, one of those 10 hour videos of just crowd noise continuously and put it in the background of the basketball games and, you know, it'll seem all natural. But this is the perfect month to just sit at home and not go anywhere because you have the tournament going on. Um, you can pretty much get anything delivered you want to. So get some wings, get some pizza, and uh, watch basketball for like 17 straight hours next Thursday. They should let the coaches create playlists. Like play music during the games like the NBA does? Yes. That's that's a good idea. Tweet us other ideas you have that they should do for the tournament. That's a, that's a good subject there. If you have any fun ideas for the tournament, tweet at us and, and we'll we'll comment on those. Um, but Shay, before we get the panel on here for the SEC tournament breakdown, the big news of the week outside of sports, the Bachelor finale, and I unfortunately was dragged into watching this season, and it seemed like kind of a shit show. It's, it was. Okay. I'm not sure just every season's like that or if it's just this one, uh, but it seemed like kind of a shit show. Um, Peter, who was the Bachelor, uh, Pilot Peter or whatever they call him, because he's a pilot, uh, he was the lucky guy, and it kind of all went to shit towards the end due to a couple of things with a couple of people. But Shay, give us give us the full breakdown, and for the, for the gentlemen out there, like myself up until this year, who, who don't know anything about The Bachelor, kind of put it in layman's terms so we know what's going on. Okay, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a regular Bachelor watcher either. I only tuned in because Madison Pruitt, who is from Auburn, was on there. And, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to begin. Um, So, Peter, okay, throughout the season, he's made some of the dumbest decisions known to man. And then, like, last night, I respected it. Like, he admitted, he was like, yeah, I was stupid. And I'm like, yeah, you definitely were a dumb-dumb. Thank you for recognizing. And he, the girl that he ends up choosing, which is the girl from Auburn, her name is Madison. Well, he doesn't choose her on the show. Right, he does not choose her on the show. And I'm going to get to that because it's a very, very, very interesting road how it happened. So Madison tells him, hey, you know, I'm just going to tell you, I wouldn't be able to accept a proposal from you if you slept with somebody else just six days before proposing. I mean, that's not crazy. Like any normal human being would have a problem with that because that's weird. Well, what does Peter do? Well, he goes ahead and he bangs the other two contestants because of course he does. So then Madison, she gets into the final two and 
she's really having a hard time coming to terms with this. And I understand, like, she, it wasn't, you know, people say, oh, it was an ultimatum. It was more like an expectation, like, okay, like, if you really love me, like, you wouldn't do that with other people because you'd respect my wishes. Well, he didn't. So she eventually leaves, but not before Peter's mom absolutely goes ballistic and, like, pretty much chased her away. Like, I think Peter's mom, being a psychopath, um, was probably, like, the last straw before she decided to leave. So, Mm -hmm. So then... Uh, Matt, like Madison leaves and Hannah Ann is the last one there. Okay. Peter, he just decides to settle for second best. So he proposes to Hannah Ann. And I know what you're probably thinking. They live happily ever after. Hell no, they don't. I mean, that's his second favorite chick. So then about a month later, he dumps her and he's like, boo hoo hoo. Like I'm sad. I miss Madison, like, things ended badly. And so Chris Harrison goes to Auburn and, like, talks to Madison and was like, hey, like, he's single. He did propose to Hannah Ann, but, like, he wants you, girl. And she's like, okay, cool. So they reconcile on national television last night in a live event. And, y'all, let me tell you, like, I've gotten over the fact that Peter is stupid And now my problem is with Peter's mom, who's a total whack job. She on national TV was like intimidating Madison and like rolling her eyes and talking to her husband in Spanish, telling him to say something bad to make her look less like an ass clown. I mean, it didn't work. Like she still looked like the biggest ass clown of all. So that was last night's episode that pretty much summer like summarizes this season like this season's made zero sense um i i didn't understand it most times and i feel like that's what everybody thought yeah peter's dad was like the most awkward person last night because he's just like they're having a good time and the mom's like yelling at him like trying to like get her get him on her side um shay i'm gonna i'm gonna try something here um i'm gonna try Try to put this into terms that college football fans would know, and I need you to kind of help me guide the way here. Um, so to make this very simple and very convenient for us, um, we're going to talk about, say, a college or a high school kid committing to a college. Because I think last year I compared The Bachelor to college football recruiting, very similar. Um, this obviously is very convenient for us. Like you said, Madison is from Auburn, and then Hannah and the other contestants from Knoxville. So we're just going to use Auburn and Tennessee here. Um, so Peter's a, a young five-star quarterback out of uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, he's got 20-plus NCAA Division One offers on the table. Um, he finally narrows it down to two. Auburn's kind of the leader throughout the whole thing, but Tennessee's gaining ground. Um, and as it gets closer and closer to signing day, um, him and Gus Malzahn kind of butt heads. They, they don't really see eye to eye on things. Um, you know, it may not be a, a system fit for the quarterback. He may not fit Malzahn's offense very well. So he decides to, um, to kind of tell Malzahn what's up and, um, they kind of have an argument there. Uh, Malzahn eventually pulls the offer from him, um, you know, a couple days before signing day. So really all he's left with after telling every other coach, no, um, is, is the offer from Tennessee there. And he still likes Tennessee a lot. 
Um, his parents really like Tennessee. They think it's a it's a great football program. Um, you know, that's kind of unrealistic at this point, but um, they think it's a great school for him. They they really like Jeremy Prude there, so they they're really excited that he's going to Tennessee. He ends up giving a, a hard verbal to to Jeremy there a couple days before signing day um he tells him that the letter should be coming in uh but at the, at the same time he still has you know he still has auburn there he's still wearing his auburn t-shirt he got from his uh, his official visit um he still has his auburn um you know edit that he has on his twitter picture um and his signing day comes closer and closer closer um you know he, he goes and talks to jeremy pruitt um he tells him that he, he's just not sure anymore um and, and while this is all happening he's got his Auburn t-shirt on he's got his Auburn backpack on that he got from the visit and Jeremy Prude's like you know what if you're not going to make up your mind and, and come to Tennessee then uh you know we don't want you anymore um so then there's this this you know very talented quarterback out there on the, on the recruiting market uh he had a couple of great offers but he's kind of left out to dry now um and then uh, his high school coach luckily goes back to Gus Malzahn he knows Malzahn uh he convinces Malzahn to come back and, and give him another shot and ends up uh you know bringing him back to his hometown and uh, you know, this, this quarterback, Peter, here from Birmingham's, uh, you know, scheduled for an official visit back down to Auburn. And uh, looks like he's going to be signing with the Tigers here. Yep. Is that good? That was perfect. That's bachelor talk is college football recruiting. Also, right. the mom still hates Auburn. The mom grew up an Alabama fan, so she's not happy about this at all. And Gus, Gus Malzahn basically tells her what her shoving. And that actually yep. happened with, with the show. What, what did the mom say? He needs to... What did she fail. say about it? The mom goes, he needs to fail before he can succeed. And everybody knows this is going to be a failure. Yeah, I was like, cool. So basically mom. the mom knows he's going to go to Auburn for a year and not like it, and he's going to have to transfer somewhere else. Yep. That's Bachelor Talk. That's College Football Recruiting. Okay, let's go ahead, and we've got a handful of guests on. Um, Shay, let's go ahead and get to that segment. We're going to break down the SEC tournaments and uh, talk a little politics here in a second. So uh-huh. hang on. Okay, we are joined by our panel of SEC so-called experts here. Um, that is in quotes big time. Uh, we have four guests to the show here. I think all of you guys have been on at least once before. We've got uh, Mitch Davis from the Mitch Davis Show. We have Arthur Williams from Visor Sports. We have Lounge Dog, or at least I don't know which Lounge Dog you're on on Twitter now. Lounge underscore Dog <laughs> 6 because they keep getting suspended. Uh, he's going to be representing the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. And then we have Sam Woolard, who's going to be our impartial uh, party since his team is in the ACC. He's going to give us a little non-biased opinions here. Um, so first question, and Shay, you're going to be a part of this as well, and I'll potentially give my pitch. Uh, first question for all you guys, and let's go ahead and we'll start with you, Arthur, since you just got on. Uh, give us your pitch on why your South Carolina Gamecocks are going to win the SEC tournament here. Um, well, I think uh, first and foremost, if the Gamecocks are going to win the SEC tournament, it's going to have to be through Mike Kotsar, who's stepped up tremendously during the SEC play this year, um, particularly his last few games, knocking down clutch shots from 16 feet, um, being a beast on the on the boards and scoring when he needs to, defending when he needs to. You know, he's become that senior leader that Frank Martin always talks about. And I think uh, Frank Martin, at least over the last couple of years, has shown that he can – coach really well against those guys in the SEC and I think that coaching and Mike Coates are going to give the Gamecocks what they need to challenge and potentially win the SEC tournament. 
Lounge Dog, let's go to you next. Mississippi State comes in as the four seed um, after a crazy Saturday, which kind of realigned everything. Why are the Bulldogs the team that's going to pull off the victory here? Well, <clears throat> this team's been known to, like, when their back is truly against the wall, they actually show up and play. And uh, just knowing, like, they have so much to play for. They're the closest team that's outside the tournament that's able to get in. So I think because, like, Reggie Perry and I think Tyson Carter, who won the sixth man of the year award, he can get on a good streak, a three-point shooting. But I think we hadn't seen the best of our point guard, Dick Weatherspoon's play yet. People say – our outcomes depend on what Reggie Perry does, which is also which is true. But I think it also goes down to point guard play. If we can just limit the turnovers, of course, I know we may end up playing the Florida Gators on Friday and then possibly get Kentucky, which we we play Kentucky strong in Lexington. I just but most of our games against good teams, we just. We've we've been competitive, very close, and I just think like the ball is going to bounce our way this week. Shay, what are your thoughts on your Auburn Tigers here? No, can I just like cry in a corner or something? Um, I really have no idea. This is the most mixed bag team I think I've ever seen. Uh, okay, we will do great if our offense can find a spark. So we need Samir Dowdy to step up. We need Anthony McLemore to be more aware. We need Austin Wiley to play strong defense. We need Isaac Okoro at his best. I mean, I really have no idea. It's going to depend on the day. Like, they just got to want it. That's the most Booger McFarland assessment I could give. (laughs) But this is a team that lost to Texas A&M and then beat Tennessee on the road. We're all within the span of a week. So it's it's stupid. But it's just all going to matter. All that's going to matter is, okay, can Javon McCormick and Samir Dowdy score more than 15 points? And can we get more production from the bench? Because offense, like, we've had such sluggish offensive starts that it has absolutely came back to bite us in the butt. Um we can't do that now. Like, all of these teams know how we play. They know our game plan. So, we've been exposed. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and give my pitch on the Gators here. Um, like you said, with Auburn there, Shea, they're one of the most up-and-down teams here in the SEC, um, especially after that crushing loss on Saturday to Kentucky. Um, just a little backstory on that. Um, this actually happened. I was going to see a movie on Saturday. And Florida had a 19-point lead with 11 minutes left when I went to the theater. And I said to myself, we're going to lose this game because that's just how Florida's been all year. And I was, like, checking the score every now and again. You know, they got it down to, like, 13 and then down to, like, 9. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kentucky comes back and wins that game after not leading the entire way. Um, If Florida wins the tournament, I think it's going to be because they do have a strong defense. That's definitely their strong point. And defense shows up. You know, defense travel, defense as you know, what wins these tournaments. Also, they play Kentucky close twice, and it's hard to beat a team three times. So if they can get past Mississippi State and then whoever they play first round, get Kentucky, they could maybe pull one off. And then, you know, they've already beaten Auburn. They showed they can do that. And they, you know, they beat LSU. Um, you know, Florida's shown they've, they've been able to beat the top teams. They've also showed that they've, 
you know, lost some games they shouldn't have lost. So, um, you know, if Florida can, you know, show up with the defense they've had and, and you know, potentially hit some shots, if Kerry Blackshear um, can play, which I think he's still questionable, uh, then I think Florida, you know, may have a shot at winning this. Uh, Mitch, you're a Kentucky fan. And they're kind of the favorites heading into the thing. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, so, you know, on Saturday, we go down to Gainesville. Sorry to your Gators there. Go down to Gainesville. We're down 18 points with 12 minutes to play. Uh, they've matured a lot. I mean, they when you look at the University of Kentucky and you look at it as a whole, this Kentucky team really, really dug deep late in the season. I know they have a loss in Tennessee, but that was with Ashton Hagens and Calipari kind of going at it a little bit. But Gainesville, man, that win at Florida was a type of win that you're going to look back on at this Kentucky team and go, hey, that was the win that catapulted Kentucky into March. They needed the loss. I, you know, I'm not all for losing to Tennessee because obviously it's a big rival, but they needed a loss, and they got that loss. They go down to Florida, down 18 points. Nick Richards had 25 points. Emmanuel Quigley had another big game. Tyrese Maxey's coming out of his shell. And it really seems like Ashton Hagen's kind of got the wake-up call from Cal to say, hey, son, you're not, you're not above the law. I'm going to suspend you for a game. You know, of course, all the stuff that the Louisville writer came out with, that stuff's old news. Uh, Ashton Hagen's really seems now to be turning that corner. And so now, you know, I, I really do not want to be facing this Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. And, Sam, let's wrap it up with you here. You're impartial. Uh, you're an NC State Wolfpack fan but you're going to jump in the SEC show this week. Who do you think is going to win it and why? Well, I'll just be the contrarian and pick someone that you guys haven't picked, but sitting here looking at the bracket, I think, Ryan, you made a good point about matchups where you're not playing someone for the third time. And to kind of go off of what Shay said, a lot of these teams have just beat each other up all year. So you may yeah. win at home and lose on the road. So I think if you can play a team that you haven't played a third time, we'll go a lot of long ways. But just looking at the bracket, I think one team that has a lot to play for and – has kind of been up and down a lot by the past two or three weeks is LSU. Um, I think they can score a lot of points. I think they average around 80, 81 points a game. And they've already played South Carolina. They won. And I know uh, they've already uh, played Auburn tight. And I think that was like in the 90s. Uh, and they pulled that one out. Or no, they lost by one, I, I believe. Um, so they can go toe-to-toe with everyone on their side of the bracket. Uh, if they actually get the wins, we'll see. But I'd say LSU has a chance because they have something to play for. Um, I think people kind of question them towards the end of the season, but they can score when they're on, you know, when they're playing their game. And I think the bracket mainly matches up well for them. They're not having to play Kentucky until the final, and they wouldn't have to play a hungry Florida team or Mississippi State team until the end, too. So I think the opponents that they may face, they know what to expect, but a lot of those games would not be for the third time. So I'll say the Tigers. That's a good point there. I know they're, they're definitely a sleeper here, at least in my opinion. Kind of one of those overlooked teams up top. Um, next question here, and, and I'm going to give a disclaimer as we get into this question. We're recording this. It is about 6.30 Eastern time on Wednesday. We're about half an hour from Georgia and Ole Miss tipping off here. Um, so no games have been played yet. But outside of the top five teams, so uh, Florida, Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky, and Auburn, those are kind of, I, I think, the five favorites who most people expect you know, one of those teams to win it all outside of those five teams, who do you guys see as a sleeper to potentially, you know, not necessarily win the tournament, but make a deep run, pull an upset or two. Um, and, you know, maybe get to the finals. Um, Mitch, let's go ahead and, and start with you here. You know, obviously you got to look at a team like Tennessee. Uh, when you look at Tennessee and also another team like Vanderbilt, I think I'm going to stay within the, in the volunteer state a little bit. Tennessee with uh, Faulkner or Falkerson, whatever his name is, that kid is playing 
the best ball that I've seen a Tennessee basketball player play in probably 10, 15 years, better than Grant Williams, better than Admiral Schofield. Then you also got a guy like uh, Jans Pons, who is – Pons is absolutely a beast. He's a freshman. That kid's got a very bright future. And, and you never, ever, ever count out Rick Barnes when it comes to March Madness. And what he did at Texas, taking him to the lead eight. I think he – no, he never went to the final four, but he made lead eight, won the Big 12 several times with Kevin Durant and all that. And also a team like Vanderbilt, they've won the last three out of their four games. They went down to Tuscaloosa to get a big win over – uh, Alabama, depleted Alabama team. But Vanderbilt is another one of these teams that is playing with house money. You know, when you, when you get a team like Vanderbilt and you have the tra- tragedy that happened in Nashville, uh, prayers to everybody involved with that, but you get a team with like Vanderbilt who can get hot. They're a very fast, fast-paced team. They like to shoot the ball. If they can get hot, if they can start hitting, you know, 40, 50% of the three-pointers, I like Vanderbilt to be sitting there on Friday to win two games in two days, to be at least sitting there on. Uh, but my sleeper of the SEC tournament, I like Arkansas, and I also like the Volunteers to possibly be playing on Sunday for an SEC tournament crown. Shay, who is your who's your sleeper team heading into this week? Okay, I can see several scenarios happening. Um, I would say Alabama, but that's only if John Petty is back to being healthy. I mean, that loss that they had to South Carolina, or no, 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 Vanderbilt. Oh my gosh. Okay, 69 to 50. Nice. That's like that is the lowest point. That's the lowest total points they've scored all season. Um, I doubt John Petty will be back to 100% healthy. He's still dealing with that elbow injury. Um, if somehow by any miracle he is, they would be one of my sleeper teams because they are a very prolific shooting team. Um, and then also, this is going to sound really weird coming out of my mouth, but I think Vanderbilt might mess things up. Shay, do you know who has the longest current winning streak in the SEC right now? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, two games. Is that open right now? Y'all, um, I which I think Vanderbilt, that'll make it exciting. I think um, Vanderbilt might mess stuff up. Yeah, they could. Um, they're nine-point underdogs tonight, so we'll see. They have a hard draw with Arkansas. Um, lounge dog, who do you think is a sleeper team here? You know who's been playing well over the past few weeks? Texas A&M. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they they looked horrendous over December, and they finally figured started hitting down three point shots, and they got a presence down low in Josh Nebo. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very tough out, and I was thoroughly impressed when they went to Auburn. And won. Yeah, I mean they kicked our ass on the boards. Mm-hmm. So my, I'd have to pick Texas A&M to that's make a little bit of a run. Okay. Arthur, uh, what do you think here? Well, um, this may sound a little biased, of course, <laughs> but I pick uh, South Carolina just because they're one of the more physical teams in the SEC. Frank Martin coaches defense, and those guys will get up in your face. And I think that if Jermaine Cousinard can continue to do what he's done during SEC play, if Keyshawn Bryant can continue to do what he's been doing, and Mike Kotsar can get healthy. I saw earlier today he had an injury and he was questionable for the game. Um, But – if those guys step up and do what they've been doing, um, I think it's one of those things where 
you kind of don't want to bet against them. And they're the one team that I think a lot of coaches in the SEC will tell you that they probably don't want to play against just for that specific reason of how physical that those guys are. So I'll get my sleepy here, and I hate to say this as a Florida fan, but I think Tennessee's playing really well right now. Um, you know, they beat Florida a couple weeks ago. They beat Kentucky, um, a tough loss against Auburn, but they're looking a little bit better. And I don't know if they really have a shot to make the tournament without winning um, the SEC, but they do have a couple of good wins. Um, you know, if a couple of, uh, you know, bubble teams maybe, you know, fall here, they potentially could sneak in if they make a deep run um, and, you know, have another upset or two. But I think Tennessee's playing really really well right now um you know rick barnes has been there he knows how to win in the postseason um so you could watch out for them here um sam finish us off who do you think is uh you know a team to watch out for here this sounds weird making a point for the 11 seed in the sec tournament but i'm gonna go with the arkansas razorbacks mm-hmm. uh if they were to win over vanderbilt they would only be the fourth team in the sec to have 20 wins so i think they have a lot to play for i think they can beat vanderbilt i think they beat them earlier in the year by 20 or 21 uh, so I think they can duplicate that again. And then, you know, I think they can possibly get by South Carolina and maybe face LSU in the um, the quarters. So I think for them, even though they're 11 seed in this conference, they have a lot to play for. And I think they have potentially two winnable games to kind of make a case of maybe they're not in the field solidly, but maybe they go to Dayton and they're the first four game you know the first four in games they play a play-in game so i think arkansas even though they're seated really really low in this tournament i think they can uh win a few games and uh maybe make a, a weak case for being in the ncaa tournament yeah definitely you know one of those teams who had a lot of non-conference wins against um you know some lesser opponents but they have the the win total there i think they just need that you know a couple of quality wins to kind of set them over um, but I, I would say they're also a bubble team, probably not close, but they're, you know, still potentially there. Um, next question up, and uh, Mitch, I know you had an answer, so we'll let you lead off here. But who's one player that you guys think, besides, you know, the, the stars that we know, um, maybe kind of a, an under-the-radar guy here that could kind of step up and have a coming-out party um, and, and lead their team to a couple of unexpected wins here? Mitch, take us away. Yeah, look for Brian Tyree to have a big game. Uh, against Georgia on Wednesday night. I love what Brian Tyree is doing right now. Uh, you know, it is his team at Ole Miss. I've talked to Kermit Davis a couple times, and Kermit Davis said that Brian Tyree, you know, has basically lacked that, you know, capability of making the big play, but he has been so close to doing that. Also, other guys of interest, I know everybody's heard it from Reggie Perry, Reginald Perry at Mississippi State. I really like what he's doing right now. And then you go over to the Florida Gators, and your Gators, Kerry Blackshear, has not done a whole lot this year. He's not hasn't lived up to the hype. Look for Blackshear to have a big SEC tournament. Uh, he had a big game against Kentucky before he got hurt. If he plays in the SEC tournament because of his risk, watch for him to make an impact for the Florida Gators. All right, uh, Shay, is there anybody that you see here um, that you have your eyes on that may be under the radar? Mm, not really. I mean, I think we've seen. We've seen the best and we've seen the worst of all of these teams throughout the season. Um, I don't, I don't know how this tournament will play out uh, as compared to last year's. I mean, last year's, last year's was pretty predictable. I have no idea what's going to happen. I wouldn't say anybody's under the radar because everybody, like, like we said earlier, everybody's beating up each other. Mm-hmm. And we already know we've seen the best and we've seen the worst of everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Anybody else want to jump in? Anybody see a player that stands out to them at this point? I mean, I know it might sound a little biased, but just keep an eye on uh, Tyson Carter, mm-hmm. sixth man of the year for Mississippi State. So, because I know everybody's going to put all their attention on Reggie Perry, man's a walking mm-hmm. double double. So, freeze up, freeze him up. So, like I said, just keep an eye on Tyson Carter. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anyone. I, I tend to agree with Shay. This tournament is very open. I think mm-hmm. anybody can beat anybody. I think we've seen we have seen the best and the worst of a lot of these guys and really I just I just want to see good basketball play. I just want to see competition and things of that nature, but I I don't know who is going to step up and have a coming out party during this tournament. So, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be a, a fun one here. Um, you know, it, it is one of the more open ones. I, I know Kentucky's the favorite and, you know, rightfully so. But outside of that, I, I think we'll see a couple of upsets here early on and, um, you know, potentially some some madness here to get March going. Um, lastly, or actually two more things, but let's go ahead and make some picks here. Like I said, we're recording this on Wednesday night. The games have yet to start. They're about half an hour from tip off. Um, we have two games tonight and then four tomorrow, two of which we already know. And then the two others are determined on what happens tonight. Um, so let's go ahead and we'll pick tonight's games. And then the two that we already have for tomorrow, um, we'll start off with Georgia Ole Miss. That's the first game. Um, I think that's what the 12 and 13 seed, um, Mitch, what are your thoughts on that game? I think Ole Miss wins this game. Kermit Davis is really looking towards bringing Tyree and Devontae Shuler to be the leaders. Uh, they've, shined, they've shown signs of hope all season long. I like Ole Miss to defeat Georgia. Georgia just doesn't seem like they have it together despite having one of the best players in the country on their team. All right, Arthur, who do you have, Georgia or Ole Miss there? Uh, I'm going with the Bulldogs. I like Anthony Edwards. I think that Tom Crean and those guys kind of figured out some things late here, mm-hmm. and they kind of they kind of became a more confident team, a, a, a better playing team, and they found new and more creative ways to get the ball in Anthony Edwards' hands. So, and NBA scouts love Anthony Edwards, and I don't think that Ole Miss will find a way to contain him, and I think it's going to be a long night for those guys. Sam, who do you have in this game? I also have the Bulldogs. Uh, just looking here at the past five games for each team, and Ole Miss seems mired up in the 50s and 60s in points total. They just can't you know, score much more than that. Well, even though they might not result in wins, Georgia's in the 80s and 90s, so I think it just comes down to X's and O's that Georgia can just simply outscore Ole Miss, so I'm going to roll the Bulldogs. Lounge Doc, who do you got on that one? Georgia big. Georgia big. Shay, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia I'll go Georgia, too, um, like you mentioned, Arthur, with Anthony Edwards. Um, and, and these games were neither teams that great. It's kind of whoever has the better player. And, you know, I think that's the type of game where he's going to take over and, you know, maybe have 25 points or something. Um, but but it's like uh, Bree, like for Ole Miss, it's Bree mm-hmm. and Tyree or nothing. It's yeah. Like, I think Georgia's or, a little bit better all around. They have a little bit right. more. If, if yeah. Anthony Edwards 
Edwards is in there. They have some other guys. Um, other one here, which I think would be a good one, Arkansas versus Vanderbilt. Like I said, Vanderbilt coming in with the, the biggest winning streak in the SEC at two games. Um, Arkansas, however, is a nine-point favorite, um, which I think is kind of high. I don't know. Maybe take Vanderbilt yeah. points. Yeah, but don't 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 put your money on me. Um, I'll get this one going. I think I think Arkansas is going to win it. Um, Sam, I think it was you who said they have a lot to play for. They have 19 wins right now. Um, they've obviously they know how to win games. It may not be against the best competition so far, but I, I think Arkansas will pull it off. Um, I would probably take Vanderbilt with the points there, maybe a four or five point game, um, just because they're playing well. It's in Nashville. Not that Vanderbilt is going to have that many fans there per se, but um, you know they're comfortable. They're at home, um, so I'll take Vanderbilt or excuse me, I'll take Arkansas to win it. Um, you know, but in a close game, you know, Vanderbilt nine points is, is a lot there. Um, Shay, who do you have in that one? Uh, well, since I picked them as my sleeper and they're on a two-win streak, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. Okay. It's not realistic, but I like it. Yeah. Mitch, what do you got here? This is uh, two of my sleeper teams right here. I hate that they got to play on Wednesday night. Uh, if you're taking house money, you're going to go Arkansas. But everybody who knows and, and, and sees all the work there at No Huddle Sports knows how big I am on this Vanderbilt team. I like Vanderbilt to pull off the upset. Uh, this is going to be one of those games that nobody's really going to be watching. It's that late, late night tip-off uh, there in Nashville. I like Vanderbilt to come out on top uh, just because they've won the last three out of the four. They've got a lot of momentum heading into this SEC tournament. I'd Sam, Vanderbilt or Arkansas here? I kind of reflect what you said, Ryan. I think Arkansas has a lot to play for. I think they can still make a weak case for the NCAA tournament, depending on how many games they win in the SEC. But I think they do pull out the victory tonight. But I think Vanderbilt covers the spread. Um, I think they have nothing to lose. I mean, you know, they're 11 and 20, so mm-hmm. was losing one more game. So I don't think Vanderbilt wins, but I do think they make it interesting. And, you know, Arkansas wins by four or five late. Yeah. Lounge Dog, who do you got here? I'm actually going to go with Shea. I'm going to go with Vanderbilt because, yeah, because that Arkansas team has been up and down. Of course, I know one of their best players was out for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, Isaiah Joe, but it's just I'm just not sold. I'm just not sold on that team because they're because they can't rebound, and I I just think Saban Lee's about to go on a shooting streak again tonight and just carry Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, Arthur, finish it off. Who do you got? Anchor down. Okay. Taking Vanderbilt to beat Arkansas, and it's the same thing. I think Coach Stackhouse has got them playing with a little bit of fire under them, and I think this is where they kind of set the foundation for next year. I think Saban Lee is going to have a night. And I think that Vanderbilt is capable of dominating on the boards against Arkansas. So anchor down. All right. By the time you most people are listening to this, those games are already be over. So you'll know um, how good or not we are at this point. Um, looking at Thursday, uh, we have Florida and South Carolina both waiting their opponents. Um, so we won't talk about those games yet. Um, Missouri versus A&M, kind of the new SEC s- squads. Um, who do you have there, Shay? I know you kind of talked about A&M earlier, but do you think the Aggies pulled off here? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, everybody, all of the people know, 
where all of these teams know everything else about each other. We've seen the best. We've seen the worst. Um, and, I mean, it it is rough when you have to play it. It's the third time you're playing a team, or even the second time, like, if you played them late in the season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think Texas A&M does have a really good shot. Yeah. Uh, Lounge Dog, who do you got here? I'm going to have to go with the Aggies as well. Just, like I said, uh, like my sleeper. So, and they're playing some of the best basketball in the league. And so, give me the Aggies. Yep. Uh, Arthur, who do you got here? Aggies. I think Buzz Williams is a tremendous coach. And um, like you guys brought up earlier, you know, they are playing very, very, very well. And, Missouri has struggled a lot this year, and they've been very up and down. Um, I think that right now they're just they just can't like they score 80 points one night and then they score 50 another night, and I just don't think that's going to be able to get it done against Buzz Williams. So give me the Aggies. Sam, who do you got here? I think Arthur made a good point about Buzz Williams uh, when he was at Virginia Tech. He was always a tough out in the ACC tournament. I think he'll do the same here. Um, I think I think the Aggies are going to win. I don't think they'll win by a lot, but I think they'll they'll win. And I think Josh Nebo, as as he goes, the Aggies go. If he has a a big game and you know gets 15, 20, 22 points and seven, eight, nine rebounds, they usually win those games. So I think everything for the Aggies kind of goes through him. If he's hitting on all cylinders and score points and uh, keep Missouri off the boards, they'll win. If he kind of has an off night, they're gonna have to find the offense somewhere else. But uh, right now, I'm gonna go with the Aggies. I'm nervous to agree with everybody else, but I think A&M as well. I think some of you mentioned they're kind of on the uptick, and Missouri's kind of on the downtick. Um, so I'll take A&M. Um, Missouri's actually favored in this game, which I think is kind of surprising, but it's pretty much a toss-up. Um, Mitch, finish us off. Who do you got in this game? This is probably the most boring game out of the whole entire SEC tournament. These two teams, uh, I like what Buzz Williams doing, but let's just be honest. Missouri is bad. Like, Missouri is bad. They're a bad basketball team. Kwanzaa Martin, I've talked to a lot of people. He's likely to lose his job after this year. I've got Tech saying him. It'll probably be ugly. It'll be the one game that I'm not interested in whatsoever. And then last game of the pickums that we'll have, Alabama-Tennessee. Um, this one should be a good one as well. Tennessee coming in as a one-point favorite, basically a toss-up at this point. Um, I'll get things going here. I had Tennessee as my a sleeper team i think they'll pull it off um i think whoever wins this game um will have a good chance of of maybe winning another game or two just because they have momentum at that point they both need wins Um, but i think tennessee's just playing a little bit better a little bit more consistent right now um so i'll take the volunteers uh mitch who do you have in this one i like uh i like alabama to pull off the upset again alabama has the most likelihood of making the NCAA tournament tennessee is kind of one of those teams that's sitting out here in the dark uh, I don't know what to expect out of either team. Both teams, they've shown that they can beat the best of the best in the SEC. They also they also have shown that they can lose to the worst of the worst. So this is a team, this is a game that is a train wreck of a game. I like Alabama just to come out on top. I don't know why, just because, you know, I, I like NATO. So I'm going to put it like that. This is a very train wreck of a college basketball game. Right, what about you, uh, Shay? Ah, oh, man. I mean, I think Tennessee's going to win because they're the more complete team. Um, Alabama shooting was something fun to watch. 
earlier in the season. Uh, it was not fun to play them, especially as an Auburn fan. Um, but Tennessee right now is just so complete, especially with John Fulkerson. Um, I really think that he's the one to look out for next year. Like, he's just now turning it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, lounge Dog, who do you got on this one? I'm going to have to go with Tennessee because outside of that Auburn game, they have been pretty locked down defensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, just I know Rick Barnes can get the best out of his players. And there's too much going inside the Alabama basketball team right now. Nate Oates calling out players but not calling them out by name. Just saying, like, I think it was, like, towards, like, Alex Reese and stuff like that. Just too much turmoil and injury on that Alabama basketball team right now. Yeah. Uh, Arthur, what do you got here? Oh, man, this one's a toss-up because you got – if Alabama gets hot behind the three-point line, it could be a long night for Tennessee, but Rick Barnes always coaches up his guys, and they are very tough to play. They're also physical. So, and John Fulkerson has been playing some of the best basketball that I've seen so far this season. So, it's tough, but I think old Rocky Top pulls it out up there in Nashville. So, give me the Vols. Sam, finish us off here with your pick. I'm going to go with the Vols, too. I think sometimes Alabama gets three-point happy. And like I said, shoot them up from three. And if they're hitting them, you know, maybe it's a closer game and maybe they do pull it out. But I think it's going to be an inside game for Tennessee versus an outside game for Alabama. And more times than not, you make the inside shots more than the outside shots. So I'm going to go with the balls. There you go. Okay, one last thing here to talk. We're going to talk a little politics. It's that time of year. Um, Not like that. Um, So as many of you probably know, Tommy Tomberville, the former Auburn coach, is is currently running for U.S. Senate. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, But my question is here, and I'll let you think about it. If you had to pick one SEC football coach right now, and you cannot pick your favorite team's coach, sorry, uh, Sawyer, um, (laughs) who would you pick to run for president if you had to pick one SEC coach and why? And if you want to throw in a definitely let's not vote for them, you can do that as well. Shay, uh, we'll, we'll get it started with you here. Okay. I know that you're not going to let Anderson say anything or pick his coach, but I'm picking Anderson's coach because I think Mike Leach should be president. <laughs> I mean, he's the greatest Twitter account on that for website. For real. For real. He makes me nervous as president, though. He would make me nervous. Look, that red button would get pressed a lot, and I mean, we would never be in danger. He's a see, pirate. See, I, I see the other. I, I don't think he would press the button. I see Will Muschamp as my, like, do not, do not, do not, because if, like, one country says one thing to him, he's going to fire nuclear warhead at them. Um, yeah. Because he has, like, a shortest, you know, anger <laughs> attention span on the market. So I would say stay away from Will Muschamp. Um, oh, I would – I'm kind of torn on this one. I, I do like Mike Leach a lot, but he would also kind of make me nervous as president. He's just kind of too relaxed. He, I don't think he, he would seems. He seems very diplomatic. Just yeah, that that is a good point. That is a good point. Um, I'm gonna think about it. Sam, do you have anybody in mind? Oh, I think Mike Leach is the obvious answer. But give me the all Mississippi ticket. Give me Leach and Kiffin in oh. 2024. There yeah. you go. Yeah, you're, you're just you're talking about scandal there with Kiffin. 
What's it makes for good politics. Run all over it. I mean, he's in Oxford, Mississippi. What could go wrong? I mean, shoot, he was off the plane for five seconds, and a guy told him, get a burner phone. You know, I, I've got kind of a sleeper. I'm going to pick Derek Mason here. I, I feel like he's tough, and he's not going to get pushed over. Uh, but he's also not like Will Muschamp, where he's going to go off on somebody if they piss him off. And I think he's, you know, not that he went to Vanderbilt, but he's at Vanderbilt, so you got to assume he's somewhat smart. Um, so I'll take Derek Mason as my choice. Arthur, who do you who do you got in this one? I also have Derek Mason as my choice, oh. but I want uh, I think I want Lane Kiffin as his uh, running mate. Okay. I think that'd be a pretty funny uh, presidential campaign. I think Lane would be a good vice president because he would do all the dirty work for you. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Anybody who has like an absolute do not elect. They want to throw out there. Please don't. Uh, like y- say y'all, are for, y'all are forgetting some names. Ed I was, like what, about, I was like, what about Coach O? No one would be able to understand this. Thing. Yeah, that, that's the problem so. there. <laughs> World leaders from across, like across the ocean would be like, what is this man saying? They would need Old a translator there. The only no people guess. you would be able to communicate with is the French. No, no yeah. Gus. No, no Gus. I thought no Gus would kind of be a pushover. He would. Yeah. But as much as I hate to say it, I'm gonna have to say no to Will Muscamp. So that breaks my heart a little. So you know. I'm about to say. I feel like Jimbo. Jimbo just has. I don't know. I just feel like Jimbo would not be a good pick either. He wouldn't. Well, Jimbo I'm would about to say. Trouble Clinton did. Yeah. Kiffin would too, but. Kiffin. I mean, Saban could be a sleeper. I feel like Saban would get in trouble, but he would be smart enough to like hide it. Like he's probably doing <laughs> right now. I mean, Saban wouldn't be a terrible. Saban, he's at least he's been there. He's like the aged politician who's been in politics forever. Who you know he'll do a good job, but he may not be your first choice. I just don't want Dan. I don't. I don't want my president president walking up in Yeezys like yours. <laughs> Wearing his Jordans. Yeah. He's got like a beard going now. I think it's just uh, just like an off season thing. Kind of just scruff. Um, that's Lord. talking politics here. We. We promise we wouldn't get too far into it. Um, nothing too serious there. Uh, but thank you for everybody who's uh, who's tuning in. I'm going to give a quick shout out to everybody. Mitch Davis at the uh, at Mitch Davis underscore eight. You can also ch- the show on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, we have Lounge Dog, who as of right now is at Twitter at Lounge underscore Dog six. Um, I think it's or no, excuse me, Dog six Lounge Lounge underscore Dog six. This is um, his Twitter name, but his at is Dog6Lounge. Um, we'll go ahead and just post his at tomorrow because he may get suspended again like he's had like six times this week. Do um, you want to say <laughs> anything about that real quick? Hey, I think I might upset South Carolina fans after the women's SEC tournament. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, we also have Arthur Williams on. You can check him out at awilliams underscore visor and then check out Visor Sports SC. Um, his site there. And then we have our good friend Sam Woolard at SJ Woolard. He is a contributor for No Huddle Sports. Um, a lot of great college basketball content he's been pushing out lately. And then you know where to find Shay and I. That'll be it for this week's show. Any last thoughts or comments, anybody? Well, I hope, hopefully, they, hopefully they decide to not cancel NCAA tournament. Yeah, we'll see.